Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. In your Bibles tonight, if you will, go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14. I'm going to... We're going to go through several scriptures in Proverbs. And while you turn to Proverbs chapter 14, I'm going to go real quick to 2 Kings chapter 5. You don't have to go there. I'm just going to read a quick story, then come back to Proverbs. 2 Kings chapter 5 is a story of a man named Naaman the leper. Now, we've been dealing with what I'm probably going to end up calling the emotions of the day and the hour in which we live. I've made that statement several times that one of the most important things that people need a revelation of is the hour and the day in which we live in. And sadly to say, many people in the body of Christ is not, have not woken up yet. I mean, they're just, you know, it's just, well, you know, we'll see what happens from day to day and see what's going by. In reality, we are living literally in the most perilous times the earth has ever seen. Uh, the, the, the possibilities of what could and could not happen are, are incredible. What's, uh, what's going on right now, uh, the, the, the demonic world system flexing its muscle, signs and wonders in the heavens. We listened to Brother Joe Morris today's uh, 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 End Times update. He talked about two, don't even, yeah, they don't even tell you this in the news, two asteroid uh, uh, passes by the earth literally having to do with things that are in the scripture, things that are going on in Israel, literally the nations of the world lining up for the Ezekiel 38 war. It's, it's, hap, it's not something we think is going to happen. It's actually happening right now. It's absolutely phenomenal. And to be asleep at this time is to be participating with a, with a, a, a spirit of apostasy, something that will take you out, something that will move you out of the move of God. I say, Pastor, I just spiritually, I just don't feel like, you know, praying. I mean, listen, you need to shake yourself. I said, you need to shake yourself. You need to pray. You need to, you need to fast. You need to read the Word. You need to live holy and righteous. Amen. And you need to guard yourself against these, uh, the, uh, the emotions of this hour. Now, we, we looked at three of, of panic, anxiety, and anger. And how panic, anxiety, and anger, they work together to basically keep you in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a negative state and literally keep you unreceptive to God. You know, one of the most disheartening things I ever heard from God, and this, this was several years ago, several years ago, a, a minister uh, I was you know, trying to help talk to, and, and they had some major issues in their life, and, and I had prayed with them and, some, and, and counseled with them in some areas, and, and uh, I, there was something that I saw in their life and their character. And I, and I asked God, I said, Lord, should I say something to them about this? And I'll never forget the Lord saying to me, I've been talking to them about it for years and they hadn't done anything. What makes you think you can say anything? You know, that's a tragedy. And I pray God never, ever have to say that to somebody about me. That, that, that I'm not listening to God about every aspect of my life from my character to my to my uh, the way I respond to people to my relationships to everything that I do and every way in which I do it I want to be uh, open to change in any area in which I'm not doing what I should do according to the word of God living righteous living holy uh, uh, living you know living in such a way that the, the maximum potential of the word of God the anointing of God and the blessing of God are showing up in my life 
Amen. That keeps you encouraged. It keeps you expectant. And it keeps you moving forward in the things of God. And I've said this before, and I think it really bears repeating. And I believe God is pulling us as a church out of this if we will come out. And that is this. Living for God just to recover ourselves from problems. Instead of living, to God, living for God to press into what He has for us to do in these last days. Living for God for harvest. Living for God, living for, God for, for revival and awakening in the area. Living for God for, for, for the protection He affords those that live for God in this time. Because there is a grace. There is a grace we enter into as a people that Jesus has already preordained that His church will walk in before He raptures the church off of the earth. If He did not provide that grace, we would have no hope whatsoever. The enemy would come in to destroy us just like this. But the fact that we're here on a Wednesday night... Listen, I'm a, I know a lot of faith churches, people that call themselves charismatic, Holy Ghost, Word of Faith. They don't have Wednesday night services anymore. They just don't do it anymore. Well, people just, uh, they just won't come. They just won't. I don't care if just Leah comes. I'm going to preach to her. Amen. That's where a lot of people miss it. They look at trends and they follow the trends instead of following the Holy Ghost. I'm not looking to cut any meetings off. I'm looking to increase them. I'm looking to increase what we're doing in the kingdom of God. I'm looking, like, listen, what else would you have to do in the last of the last days but live for God with all of your heart? Like there's something else out there you want to do or accomplish that's really going to bring something into your life of eternal value? Ain't going to happen. Real quick, 2 Kings chapter 5. The story of Naaman the leper. Let me pick it up here. In verse 9, so Naaman came. We know the story how he, how he came down with leprosy. He was a mighty general in the Syrian army. Uh, one, of his, one of his little servants that he brought captive out of Israel said, oh, uh, that you'd go, be able to go to Israel. There's a prophet in Israel that can recover of your leprosy. Actually, what he was saying was, there's a man of God down there in Israel. If you go down there to him, you're going to get healed of leprosy. Amen. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come to thee again, and thou shalt be clean. Now, isn't that simple? That really doesn't take a lot of, you know, that, 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 not a lot of faith involved in that. It, it, all it is is simple obedience. Now, notice this. But Naaman was wroth. Everybody say wroth. That is a manifestation of anger. That is a, you know, sometimes anger can be held in. This is, this is anger that's not held in. Amen. This is anger that's not. That means he is demonstrating anger. His servants know his anger. His subordinates know it. Everybody knows. Hey, Naaman's, uh, whatever that guy said to Naaman, he didn't like that. Amen. Then he said this, I thought. Everybody say, I thought. That's, what, that's, the, that's the gate you've got to guard. Now we'll come back to that in a minute. I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not, are not the Arbani and Fafar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? And may, not I wash, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Now, being wroth was this initial manifestation, but rage is an uncontrollable act in which anger takes you over. That means he's kicking his horse, he's throwing his armor, he's, I mean, he's just, he's lost control. Amen. Now here's the deal. He's just having himself a little fit. <laughs> Amen. 
That's, that's what anger would do. Now, could you imagine what everybody standing around him was thinking? Everybody man, check this out, you know. Look at this guy. Boy, he's putting on an act, isn't he? I mean, he's doing all kind of crazy stuff. But the problem is he's still got leprosy. When he was given the answer to his leprosy that was so simple, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. He begins to make excuses because he says, this I thought. So obviously, this was not his first experience with anger. Amen? Now, do you see the word I thought there? Now, that literally indicates to us that there's a stronghold in Naaman. That he has an anger issue. And I don't know what that could have come from, but being a general in, a, in, a, in an army like Syria in ancient times, there's no telling what could have fed that anger. What kind of pain, uh, what kind of, pain, what kind of anguish, uh, what kind of panic. Uh, there's no telling what the foundations of his anger were, but he had to understand that when it came to receiving from God, his thoughts held him back because his thoughts, instead of being receptive to the Word of God, they went resistant to the Word of God and he had a spat of anger hit him. So many people today have a very hard time receiving from God because there's a stronghold of anger in their soul. It's in their mind and the first thing the enemy does anytime God speaks to you an obedient word, the first thing that happens to you is there is a I thought response. I thought response. We've dealt with so many people in the past 18, fixing to go on 19 years. We didn't have to deal with people on that level when we traveled. It's an unusual phenomenon. And one of the most amazing things is dealing with people who are blinded by anger. They're totally irrational. And you cannot rationalize with them. All you can do is give them the word. And basically it starts with, you're going to have to do something about this stronghold on the inside of you. No matter what the source of your pain is, no matter what the source of your, of your discomfort is, no matter what the source of your anxiety is, no matter what the source of it may be, and no matter how deep it may be, no matter how strong it may be, if you let it sit and fester on the inside of you, it gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse, and it gets exacerbated even worse than that, or it's multiplied into, in you every time you release it. That means every time you release it, the next time it happens, you're even less able to resist it. The next time you're even less able, the next time you're even less able, then you, end, you just end up this, this, this mean, old, bitter person that nobody wants to be around. And you're so subject to spirits of loneliness, spirits of, of separation, and the anxiety that that brings, and many times that opens the door to spirits of suicide. That's why this is so important that you get this and that you get out of your life anything, anything that is a foundation for anger. Now let me say something. There's a lot of angry people out there. And brother, you put some pressure on society and it's gonna, it's gonna, anger's gonna show up incredibly, in an incredible way. There is a, an incredible manifestation of anger going on right now. It, it is, it is, it is palpable outside the... That's why I don't watch the, the, the network news anymore. I don't, I don't feed on that stuff. I feed on the Word. I feed on what God says. I feed on my teachings in my truck, on Brother Hagen, on different ones like that because I don't want all of the information from men and women that are giving, that out, giving out that information full of that anger, full of that rage, full of that on the inside of them where they'll just about say anything to vindicate their side or their point. Because see, once you get into that angry state of mind, 
Sin is nothing. I mean, you, you'll, you'll, you'll do anything. You'll do anything to rationalize what you do. Now, did you go to Proverbs? Where were we? Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to, we're going to start in chapter 14 and we're going to go through the book of Proverbs and we're going to look at some, some really good, really good teaching. Proverbs chapter 14. Let's begin there in verse. Let me find here. Verse 16. Proverbs 14, verse 16. Now it says this, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth, now notice that word rageth, and is confident. That means he's confident in his rage. But notice this. It says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. Let me read it in my... Let me read it in my, in my Passion Bible. <laughs> I like it in the Passion. An, an impulsive person has a short fuse and can ruin everything. You know what a short fuse is, don't you? You know, uh, we used to pop a lot of firecrackers when I was a kid, and those are all the, always those ones that really burned right down and then just stopped. And you were kind of like, was it going to pop or what? You know, and you're kind of walking around, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. I remember when I, was, when I first started dating Leah, we had gone to Louisiana. I'd gone to meet her parents and ask for her hand in marriage. And uh, I bought some of those, what are those, those, those M4s? Or, and so I put one in the tree where she was living, a tallow tree out in the front yard. And I lit it. And it, it burned right down to kind of the end and it didn't go off. So I took one of those, those punks. You know what a punk is? You light it and you light firecracker. And I reached over there like this. And I'm telling you, when it hit it, boom, that thing blew the branch off. Blew the branch off the tree. Thank God it didn't hit me and kill me. But a short fuse, listen, a short fuse means what? There's not much time. There ain't much time. And you can tell when people, they don't have much time. You ever been around somebody like that and something happens, Boom. And there's this sudden rush of emotion, change of their color, all this begins, and it's almost like an explosion. Boom! It happens. And when that happens, there's no telling what will happen or what will be said or what will be done on the backside of that. It is an uncontrollable response once it happens. Amen? Now let me read you something here. I thought this is good. Our spiritual fight against anger is to bring it under control and resist so that the resistance of the spirit man by the word and the spirit can overcome any emotion that's in the soul. Now listen to that again. Our spiritual fight against anger is to bring it under the control and resistance of the spirit man. If you've got a hot temper, we, uh, in Ireland, they were always talking about how hot tempered the Irish are. And they pour that... Uh, you know that you ask for a glass of water in a restaurant and it's like this big. But if you ask for a Guinness, it's like a bucket with a handle on it, you know. <laughs> and they pour three or four of those Guinness down. I remember a pastor friend of mine was staying in a hotel room. And I heard this ruckus. We were like three stories up. I heard this ruckus. And he's, he was getting ready for bed. He said, what's going on out there? I said, these two guys are fixing to fight. I said, come watch this. And I'm telling you, 
It started out, it was perfect, beautiful illustration. Started out with words. They're both drunk as I can be. And, then the, and you could tell the fuse was burning. Well, then it started. And it sounded like somebody slapping a, you know, a, a, a side of beef with a paddle. Well, pop, well, pop, well, pop. And, you know, we both looked at each other like, somebody ought to do something about this. And we're like, somebody, you know. <laughs> it was a good fight, amen. And over there, they don't do much restraint on that. But see, that alcohol fueled that. And that response, I, I'm, you know, I don't tell her what it's about. I mean, just, just no t- probably nothing. Probably nothing because that, listen, once that stronghold is built on the inside of you, your fuse gets shorter and shorter and shorter with every burning. With every burning. Until eventually one day, now listen to me, and I've seen people in this condition, till literally one day it burns down to the point where you're just in a constant state of anger. I mean, you're just ready, you're just ready to blow up anywhere, anywhere at any time, at any place. Amen. And listen, when you, I, learned, I learned this not when I was a Christian or serving the Lord. When I used to work for a, a cable, store cable TV up on the mainland, people are sensitive about their television sets. You don't know how sensitive. I'm telling you, they are like, my TV has been out for an hour now. I mean, just, you know, ready to just... And I, I, I would always think to myself, there's got to be something else going on here other than a TV. But it was the majority of the people. Amen? I had somebody get so mad at me. They got so mad. I was working here on the island for teleprompter, cable TV, over on 23rd Street. They were on 23rd Street. And I'm just this little old guy driving, doing my calls. And I go into this place, and I'm actually doing it. And so I hook up this TV. I come in, and this kind of raggedy old TV had a, 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 a coat hanger for an antenna. And I noticed that it was not a color TV, so I didn't think anything about that. And I hooked it up. Back then, we had 12 channels. 12 channels, glory to God. Out on my van, it said 12 channels, true color. So I hooked it all up, had it all hooked up, got the picture on. We had a little, we had these little converters that you kind of slid across to the, to the different channels. And I slid, you know, channel one, channel two, channel three, channel four, channel five, channel six, channel, all the way down to everyone was nice and clear. All the sound was nice and balanced. I turned around and this, this lady looked at me and says, where's my color? I said... What? Where's my color? I mean, she was angry. And I said, well, ma'am, you have a black and white TV. She said, I don't care. See, there's no rationalization in anger. I don't care. Your van says 12 channels, true color. I want my color. So I said, you're going to have to call the office. (laughs) Amen. Now listen to it again. An impulsive person has a short fuse and can ruin everything. But the wise show self-control. Now, the process of healing, any anger in your life must be initiated by you. You must see it in you. You must look yourself in the mirror and say, Man, I'm angry. I'm an angry person. 
And that you say, well, how do I know if I'm angry or not? You know if you're angry because it is repetitive activity in your life. I don't know anybody that does anything repetitiously that doesn't know that they do it. Does anybody like to fish? How do you know you like to fish? You go fishing. It's pretty simple. How do you know that you're angry? You get angry. You get angry. Amen. I've watched Leah for years. <laughs> I've helped her get over all of that. <laughs> She's angry right now. Look at her. But I've learned to live with it. <laughs> I guess I'll be sleeping in the duck room tonight. Amen. You know if you're angry. If you don't know, if you're married, ask your husband or ask your wife. And just look at them honestly and say, am I an angry person? Now, if they put their head down like this, and they say, no, you have your answer. Amen? Now, the process of healing must be initiated and entered into and walked out. Now, go to chapter 15, verse 1. Chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Your healing for anger begins with your words. Because your manifestation of anger, unless you're way off in some very oppressive realm in which you just explode and start tearing the house down, begins with words. When anger takes over your vocabulary, you end up saying things you wish you would never said. Things that must be repented of, things you must apologize for, and things you must get right. Now listen to me. And things that if necessary, you need to embarrass yourself over. Now let me say that again. Things you must ask forgiveness for, things you must get right, and things if necessary, you must embarrass yourself over because you embarrass yourself enough times you quit doing it you quit doing it because that sudden rush of emotion what you need is a buffer in between that sudden rush of emotion and your first decision to respond to that rush of emotion because words are the forerunners of your actions you'll say this you'll say this you'll say this you've released it you've brought it to life that thing's out, it's alive, and it's living. Amen? So you've got to make a decision to take some time to pray and to ask God, say, Heavenly Father, I'm crying out for your mercy. I've got this issue in my life. I've got pain. I know that's the reason I'm angry. And now I need the healing of that pain so that anger can leave. I know it's a process. I am willing to initiate it, 
according to your mercy and grace you give me to help me control these sudden rushes of emotion and give me an opportunity not to say wrong things. Amen? you got to pray that prayer. you got to get honest with God and say, God, I don't want to... Now, here's why. Here's why. We're living in what's called compressed time. Compressed time is when a, a, a season or a generation or a dispensation comes to an end. Well, I got news for you. A season, a generation, and a dispensation are coming to an end all at one time. So it is compressing time, which means what? Well, with faith and things that are positive, it doesn't take a lifetime to believe God for things anymore. You can believe God for in a year or in, or in six months or in four months and have major breakthroughs if you're willing to do the work. If you're willing to walk in faith, if you're willing not to give up. On the other side of the coin in, a coin is things that are weaknesses in your life, if they're not uh, attended to, if you do not address them and begin to do something about them, they, go, they grow stronger and stronger and stronger exponentially and they'll get to the point where they take you over and you begin to lose. You begin to lose ground. It brings death into your life. I'm not talking about you dying. I'm talking about death being separation where it separates you from loved ones. It separates you from money. It separates you from maybe a good job. It might separate you from a business opportunity. There's all kinds of things it can separate you from because that is its design is death. Amen? So ask God that you would have a, have a, have a wise tongue. Everybody say a wise tongue of the wise. Now, let me read it in the, let me read it in the, in the um, I like it here in the Passion Bible. Respond gently when you are confronted. Now that's to you. That if you're dealing with some anger issues, you have to learn to respond gently. Not with, I'm, I'm going to kill you. No, you can't do that. And if you have a little bit of time there to take a breath and to get your composure, you will be able to respond in the correct way. Respond gently when you are confronted and you will diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp cutting words will only make it worse. Don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony of even the wisest men? Amen. That's why God doesn't want you living like that. It can ruin your testimony because you can end up doing things you should have never done, saying things you should have never said, and hurting people in a way that you should never hurt them because you're a Christian. Listen, let me say this. You, cruelty is a horrible thing. It's terrible. And I never realized how much cruelty there was in the church. There is tremendous cruelty in the church. It's, a, it's one of the most... I heard it years ago with this phrase. Well, you know, the body of Christ, there's the only people that shoot their wounded. Well, I heard that when I was only back to the Lord like a couple of weeks. And I thought, what does that mean? I found out real quick. I found out real quick. You say, what does that mean? That means many times in the body of Christ, we don't tolerate one another. Amen? And I learned this when I was on the field. The easiest mark in your life is your pastor. 
He's the easiest mark. You say, what do you mean? What do you mean mark? What do you mean by that? He's the easiest one to blow up at. He's the easiest one to get mad at. He's the easiest one to criticize. He's the easiest one to just whatever you want to unload and dump is the easiest one to do it. And the reason is, is because you don't carry a responsibility toward the ministry that God has placed you in. And when you do that, you literally forsake the gift that God has given you. You say, why? Because Rusty Martin is not your gift. Pastor Rusty is your gift. Did you get that? And any gift that you appreciate, any gift that you... And I'm not using this to be self-serving. I'm using this to help somebody. Any gift that you appreciate and take care of, God will enhance that gift and add to it. Any gift you neglect, He'll take it out of your life. He'll take it out of your life. And there's a lot of people that... That, that are so angry, they, they, they go from one. I've seen it happen, especially us pastoring. They go from one church to another, to another, to another. And by the time they've gone to two or three churches, and you know, every church they leave, the pastor's wrong, the board's wrong, the praise and worship's wrong, the carpet color's wrong, they have service at the wrong time, the air conditioner's too hot or too cold. There's all these issues that creates this anger on the inside of them. And by the time they get to the third or fourth church, the, 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 the poor pastor hasn't got a chance. He's already going to be punished for the sins of the three guys before him. Amen. And you got to pray and you got to walk in love and you got you to do all these things just to try to help. But many times those people don't want help because they've literally already conditioned their mind to believe that everything they know spiritually is right. Spiritual things are the most easy thing in the world to take a hold of and say, I know something about that. Amen? You need no requirement whatsoever. All you got to do is just tuck a Bible under your arm and walk around. <laughs> we had a friend of mine. Uh, he, was, he was a good guy. He, he decided to go learn how to surf. So, you know, that's fine. He paddled around here in Galveston for a little while. And, and so we're going to go to Hawaii and do a crusade. And so he's all hot. Go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii. All this guy said, okay, you know. You know, we can bring bring surfboard. Let's go after the crusade. We're gonna go surf. So I said, "Oh, sure, fine, it's fine with me." You know, and so he's he was the kind of personality that you know, once he learned something, I mean, he he knew it all. I mean, everything was you know. And at that time, I'd been surfing about thirty years. He'd been surfing about thirty days, and he was giving me lessons, and I was fine with me. But see, it always tells off on you. Do you know that? So after the crusade, we were like, "Hey, man, look, Miley Point. Oh, going off, brother. Let's go to Miley Point." So we went to Miley Point. And it's, it's this big old wave doing this, you know. And we come paddling out there. And me and Al, my brother Alan, we're just out there sliding one after another. And this guy's out there going. <laughs> he never got away. You know why? He put himself in a position which he thought he had knowledge and experience to be a part of something that was going on, and he didn't. And he was in a very dangerous predicament. Anger will do that to you in the same way because it will give you an over-exalted opinion of your own self and your own ideas. And when that happens to you, then you always talk down to everybody else thinking that your knowledge exceeds it all. Exceeds it all. It's really what's called in the church a spirit of pride or spiritual pride. It's a horrible thing. And it comes many times, and this is a sad thing, from the pain of disappointment after disappointment unanswered prayer, unfulfilled dreams, and just not having what you think God should be doing in your life happening. Amen? Now, a couple of more. Verse 18, chapter 15. 
verse 18, chapter 15. Yeah, verse 18, chapter 15. Let me find it here. My numbers are so small. A wrathful man or woman stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Uh, Passion says this, a touchy, hot-tempered man picks a fight, but a calm, patient man knows how to silence strife. If you've ever been around people that like to fight, they really don't care whether they win or lose. They just like to fight. I, I, I used to know a lot of people like that in the world. You know, they'd go out and they'd, they'd go to a club somewhere and, and, and they really weren't looking to play foosball or shoot pool. They were looking for a fight. They were looking for a fight. And when they found somebody willing to cooperate, I've seen some things get pretty crazy. Pre pre pretty quick, pretty wild. Kind of like throwing gasoline on a fire. Because many times that's how it ends up. That type of spirit draws that type of spirit. And it fights or it wars against itself. But bringing it down into your life as a believer, because you're not, hopefully, you're not going to bars, you're not drinking, you're not picking fights. But there still can be certain indicators in your relationship with others, especially husbands and wives, and other relationships that you have in your life, maybe business relationships or job relationships, there are certain indicators when you are heading into something. Oh, y'all look so spiritual. <laughs> Amen? The way something is said, the look of the eye, the... Give me that look. That's right, right there. <laughs> See, I've learned all this by experience. Some of y'all get that later. <laughs> Amen. How, come on, just be honest. You can tell. You can tell when it's coming on. You can tell. And isn't it amazing the willingness you have to continue down the path? I mean, yeah, just, all right, all right. That's what you want to do what you want to do we can do this yeah we can dance right here <laughs> amen and you see it coming instead of pulling back with a soft answer you pick you know what that means to pick it's not really like picking somebody to play ball it's like picking at a sore mm. Mm. Amen. And what does that do? When you pick at something that someone's touchy about, what does that do? That lights the fuse. That fuse starts burning and that fuse is headed toward an explosion. Chapter 16, real quick. We'll close with this one. Maybe. Don't get mad. Chapter 16. This is a good one. Chapter 16, verse 32. Now here's, here's, here's a positive side of this. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Let me read in the Amplified. He that is slow to anger is better than he that is mighty. He who rules his own spirit than the one who takes the city. Let's read it here in the... Do you want to be a mighty warrior? 
It's better to be known as one who is patient and slow to anger. Do you want to conquer a city? Rule over your own temper before you attempt to rule a city. The Bible talks in the book of Colossians about possessing your vessel. And I don't have really a lot of time to teach on that tonight, but possessing your vessel means that you are able to possess the appetites of your life. You're able to possess the emotions of your soul. Amen? And you're able to take both the appetites of the life and the emotion of the soul and create a balance of a life worth living. Amen? Have you ever noticed, as you, you that have lived your life out here 30, 35, 40, 45 years and beyond, how there are certain appetites in your life you must suppress. You have to suppress them. There are other appetites that you have to yield to. The problem is the negative appetites that create the addictions of life many times are unrestrained. There's no resistance to them outside of spiritual resistance. That means in the natural, because of inherent weakness, you're just going to adhere to it. You're just going to pick it up. And basically, that's where a lot of the erroneous teaching of family curses and all this kind of stuff takes, comes from. Well, you know, daddy was a drunk, that's why I'm a drunk. And mama was a hothead, that's why I'm a hothead. And, you know, all that, that's, you know, we, we, we tap into that as an excuse. But in reality, it goes all the way back to the fall. And because it goes all the way back to the fall, then that gives us the easy answer of redemption. Of forgiveness. Amen and of initiating things in our life that are spiritual, that empower us to bring the temperance we need into our life to control those appetites and to resist the soulless impulses that cause anger to rise up in our lives. The Word does that for you. And we, we talk, when we talk about the importance of, of speaking the Word, of, of your confession, of, of a daily, you know, the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed. Just Wednesday and Sunday? No, day by day by day by day by day by day. You work on it. You work on it. You work on it. Listen, let me say this about Lee and I. When Lee and I first got married, we were two very messed up people. We were. We had both been in the world. We had both been in other relationships. We had both. But we did one thing. We made a decision to sit down and look at each other and tell each other, we're going to do something about this. We're not going to let this grow. We're not going to let this go on and on. God has called us to not only live a life together, He's called us to minister together. So we're going to get this thing right. It's going to take some work, and we worked on it, worked on it, and we're still working on it today, but it's not near as bad as it used to be. Amen? I mean, I used to have to, my arms used to have to heal up. You remember those days, don't you? Don't light the fuse now. Yeah, she grew up with four brothers. And she punished all four of them. Amen. But we learned those things. We learned you got to let go. You can't, in marriages many times, especially if it's your second, third, fourth, fifth marriage, you know, whatever, you, you, you can't punish your current mate for all of the mistakes of the other three you were married to. Amen? That's true with church jobs like that many times. If you've had a couple of employment disappointments, 
You go into a new job with an attitude. Looking to punish your current employer. Who needs that? Somebody, because I wouldn't be saying it if you didn't. Looking to punish a current employer for the mistakes of your last two or three. And you may have the best boss you've ever had in your life, but he done hired a ticking time bomb. Oh my goodness. How about one more? I think we need to do one more. Chapter 19, verse 11. Oh, this is a good one. We, we, we'll close with this. 1911. Is this helping anybody? The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory, it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Did you hear that? Amplified says, good sense makes a man restrain his anger and it is his glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. Passion Bible. A wise person demonstrates patience for mercy means holding your tongue when you are insulted be quick to forgive and forget it, for you, are a virtu for you are virtuous when you overlook offense. Let me read that one again. That's pretty good. A wise person demonstrates patience. For mercy means holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it. For you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. Now, if you notice, there was a progression in Proverbs, how Proverbs exposed and then gave an answer. Last three verses were answers. Change of your tongue, soft answer turneth away wrath, overlooking the offenses of others. That means people that push your buttons, you've got to believe God to get rid of those buttons. Because if you have buttons on you, Satan is going to make sure he gets the people around you that can push them. Because as long as those buttons are being pushed, you're going to be out of control. You're going to be unrestrained. And listen, in that condition in life, you have no appetite for the things of God. People say, why ain't Ireland church full? Because everyone's mad. <laughs> if you don't believe it, go talk to them. And they'll tell you about why they're mad at this church and the one down the street over here and the one over here and the one back there. They're literally caught up in a spirit of apostasy in which the enemy has removed them from the very entity that will protect their lives during the end time. Because grace is coming upon the church for the end time, not the individual rebel that decides to stay away from the church because he's so angry and mad. Because every pastor's a knucklehead and none of them know anything. And every time I come to church, they talk right at me. <laughs> Have I told the story? I don't think I've told it to this crowd. About the lady that wrote me the letter? Y'all heard that story? Wrote me a letter. I ain't coming to Island Church no more. I'm tired of you telling everybody what I did all week long. To this day, I don't know who that is. If you're watching on the internet, I don't know who you are.
Man, I got stuff in life I got to deal with. Today, I had two crawfish eat a hole in my levee and drain my duck pond. Now, that's serious stuff. So I got to deal with that. I have somebody out there on a tractor fixing the holes. I got to buy water from the... I, come on. You think I want to deal with that other stuff? I got crawfish digging holes in my levees. Come on. Amen? You've got, you've got to make a decision to live without an appetite for anger. You say, why is that? Because that appetite for anger is the full expression of fallen humanity. What do you think Adam thought about Eve as they left the garden? Let me help you. He said, well, I Bible didn't say he thought anything. Hold on. Why did such hatred show up in Cain? He saw it in mom and daddy. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. And it mastated in Cain. He murdered his brother. And that was 6,000 years ago. And this stuff has had 6,000 years to get what it is today. And God's purging it out of the church so that we can, as we taught last week, walk in love one toward another and love each other and forgive each other. Now, and this one, and forget it. And forget it. And if you'll do that, then your appetites for the Word and for prayer and for the move of the Spirit will begin to strengthen and get stronger and you'll desire more of the Word. You'll desire more of the Spirit. You'll desire revival. You'll desire all of these things. They will, be, they will literally become the essence of your life instead of all of the issues that have messed up your life. I, I, I said this to somebody a while back, and not, not anybody in this church, but I, I said this to them. I said, aren't you tired of everything in your past controlling your present, giving you no hope for the future, and thinking that these same addictions that you've been doing since you were in high school, uh, is there a high you haven't had yet? A beer you haven't drank, a, a weed you haven't smoked, a powder you haven't sniffed? You know, after 40 years of that type of living, there's not. But people just continue in that life and lifestyle, feeding the pain of yesterday and never allowing the true healer to touch their heart because one of the first things Jesus said about himself is, I am come to heal the brokenhearted. And that broken heart is the root cause for the anger, for the anxiety, and for the panic of our lives. Amen? Lift your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight, as the psalmist David said, Search me, O Lord. Search me, O Lord. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Help me, Lord, by the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God that has been planted in my heart tonight to reap a harvest of spiritual fruit. Temperance, patience, the strongholds of anger and anxiety being broken and the goodness of God becoming relative in my life in every area. I will not be angry. I will not be angry 
I will not let anger control my life. Tonight, I enter in to a process in my life that breaks down the strongholds and empowers me to live a life, a life of joy, a life of righteousness, and a life of appetites for the holy things of God. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, one thing not to deal with anger, resentment, and anxiety opens the door for the baser appetites of your past life. The old dead man comes alive. I've seen it happen to people. I mean, you know, gloriously delivered from drug addiction. Go right back on drugs. Gloriously addicted from alcoholism. Go right back to alcohol. Go right back to it. Gloriously delivered from many of the, 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 the really negative uh, mindsets and appetites of the flesh. But that one thing in their life, they did not set or lay on the altar of God. See, remember, anything you lay on God's altar, that's what you want to sacrifice. That means I'm giving it to you. I don't want this no more. I don't want this in my life. I don't want this in my life anymore. So many times, that's what it takes. It takes a conscious consecration in your heart just to make a decision. I ain't living like this anymore. I'm not living with this temper. I'm not living with this in my marriage. I'm not living with this at my job. I am not living with it. And if you'll make the decision to do that, you will be so surprised how God will rush into your life and bring you every tool you need to help you overcome and become the man or woman of God that you want to be. Now, I'm going to say this last thing, and don't get mad at me, but it's, it's, it's so true. Your walk with God is judged by the blessings of God in your life. And I'm not talking about judged by people that love you and care about you. I'm talking about the world looks at you. And they can tell by the way you live how you serve your God. They can tell. They can look at you and tell. The thing is, God wants to so bless you, to so bless you, that when the world looks at you, they're like, what, what are you doing? What's in your life? What's going on? That opens the door for you to share Jesus. That's the greatest evangelistic tool upon the earth is your life lived as the glory of God manifests and blesses your life financially, in your marriage, in your kids, in every area. And you know, we really get in and start digging into this. If we were doing a marriage seminar, if we were talking about raising children, if we were talking about uh, interpersonal relationships, business relationships, uh, uh, relationships with people that you, you fish with, you play golf, people that are not saved yet, that you're trying to win, win to the Lord. You will see that the world knows everything about this. They live in this all the time. And when they see it in a church or they see it in a Christian, it just, it's just the enemy gets right in their mind and says, see, that's nothing. That's just the way they were when they were drinking with you. That's just the way they were where they were smoking dope with you. So it ruins your witness. The devil knows that. That's why he tries to keep that in your life. But let me tell you from experience, I was a person full of hurt, full of pain, and full of raging anger. Raging anger. Got myself into all kinds of things. And if I'd have had a second of sober thought, I wouldn't have got myself into that. Words that were said, things that were done. But the good news is, I went to work on it. I knew I couldn't survive. I knew there's no survival. 
There's no survival in my life. I'll be in the penitentiary. I'll be dead in just a few short years. And thank God for every ounce of effort I put into it, God put 100 tons. For every ounce of effort, God will put 100 tons if you'll let him do it. Amen. Stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Let the word of God dwell in us richly. Let us prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Give us an opportunity for the words that come out of our mouth not to express anger any longer. And Lord, we know if we can cut it off at the word level, it can be broken in our lives. Give us that buffer in our soul, in our mind, the way we think, in our emotions, the way we feel, and in the choices we make, where we choose the soft answer, where we choose the tongue of the wise, where we do not use our tongue to set ablaze hell itself. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you that there are those that are being healed, those that are being set free, those that are being delivered. In Jesus' name. Fathers, we leave tonight. We thank you for the protection and safety you give us. Thank you, Lord God. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We walk on serpents, scorpions, all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you that upon the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we are the blessed and we are the protected. The righteous labor of our hands, as we handle the resources of God, all the righteous labor we are involved in, we thank you, Lord God. No trauma, no terror, no accidents, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Father, let our spiritual fruit be on full display in these days. Our patience, our love, our faith, our temperance, all the things you give us that are the fruit of the recreated spirit, Lord God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that the world that is so hungry for this fruit will come and die, and they'll meet the Master, for He's calling a multitude into the harvest. Thank you, Fathers. We leave tonight. We love you so much. We walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another, thanking you, Lord God, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.